ladies and gentlemen, Cardinal fans of all ages, welcome to Chris and Coach Beyond the Box Score. I'm Chris Grace. I'll be your host, joined every week by current Wesleyan Athletic Director and former head football coach, Mike Whalen. Each week, Coach and I will interview some of your favorite former Cardinals and find out exactly what they've been up to. Without further ado, it's time to check in with the coach, Mike Whalen. Coach, we got another awesome guest tonight, another Wesleyan Hooper, class of 2018, and yet another former Cardinal who's applying his trade in the National Basketball Association. This is now, I believe, our fourth guest that has NBA ties this season. And they're having, you know, I mean, we, we've, we've built a pretty good list of guests, but that's pretty impressive. And pretty much all of them have one thing in common. They all applied their trade under Coach Riley, Coach. And uh, tonight we welcome in class of 2018, Jordan Sears. Really excited to hear about what he's been doing with the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to catch up with uh, Jordan as well. Uh, you know, he was one of my you know, all-time favorite players to watch. You know, just uh, we'll talk about him. Uh, we'll talk with him. Uh, you know, about uh, his approach to uh, to defense, you know, as the defensive player of the year in the NESCAC his senior year, uh, you know, always willing to take the toughest assignments, the most unselfish player. Uh, I just love watching him play. So I'm, I'm excited to catch up with Jordan. Yeah, and it's really interesting, you know, Coach, to have a guy that's that young have a job in the NBA and, and to be surrounded you know, by a player like Giannis Antetokounmpo, it's going to be really interesting to hear his perspective on being around the Greek freak. And I know his role as a video assistant also, you know, because he's such a great defender, has some chances to get out on the court and play a little defense. We're going to hear from him what it's like to guard the uh, freakiest player in all of the NBA. So I'm excited to ask him some questions about what's going on in Milwaukee as well. Absolutely. I can't wait. Before we talk to him, though, we've got to talk to our producer, Mike O'Brien. Obi, good to see your face as always. Tell everyone how they can stay in contact with Chris and Coach. Yeah, so we're on Twitter and Instagram. We're at Wes underscore athletics. Um, and then if you want to connect to or subscribe to the podcast, we're on Apple Podcasts as well. Uh, and if you'd like to reach out to us with any feedback or suggestions for the podcast, you could email athletics at wesland.edu. I got to say, Coach. Like a good wine, Mike O'Brien gets better with age. That is just that's what they all show up for. It's no why, question about it. That's why they he's all the silent, he's the silent assassin. That's why they show up every week. They can't get enough Mike O'Brien. But enough of that. It's time to get to our guest, which is why everyone listens in. Class of 2018, Wesleyan former basketball captain and NESCAC Defensive Player of the Year, Jordan Sears. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of Chris and Coach Beyond the Box Score alongside producer Mike O'Brien. Of course, the coach Mike Whalen. I'm Chris Grace, and tonight we welcome in yet another legendary Wesleyan Hoopster, former NESCAC Defensive Player of the Year, current video coordinator for the Milwaukee Bucks, Jordan Sears, class of 2018, is with us on Chris and Coach. Jordan, thanks for being with us on our podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. So, Jordan, the first thing we ask everyone is kind of, how did you end up in Middletown? How did you become a Cardinal? How did you end up applying your trade for Coach Riley? So, my brother, he played at Yale. He was two years older than me. Um, he was a basketball player there, two-time Ivy League Player of the Year. And I wanted to follow in his footsteps and go that high academic Division One route. Um, so, you know, I was getting looks here and there, um, but no offers necessarily, so... Um, just kind of in a last hope, 
going into my senior year of high school, I attended Yale, Yale's basketball camp um, in hopes of getting some interest or an offer from them. Um, played pretty well at the camp, but did not get an offer. However, shortly after, I was reached out to by Coach Riley and Coach Hickson at Amherst. Um, not knowing much about the Division Three route, basketball, the NESCAC in general, I took some visits at the end of that summer uh, to both schools. It was difficult because there weren't students on campus and couldn't meet anybody on the team at that time. Um, so I couldn't get a great feel for things, but what I did get a good feel for was Coach Riley, that's for sure. Um, he was just an outstanding guy, young guy who cared a lot about his family, a lot about his players and their experience at Wesleyan, and more importantly, their experience afterwards. He was trying to do anything he could to make sure they were successful. Um, so that definitely stuck with me. Um, and going back to high school for my senior year, you know, I was always kind of hoping that I would get that Division One offer here and there. Um, and nothing necessarily came about, but, you know, I was, to be honest, I was a little bit reluctant to, but my parents were extremely excited about Wesleyan's interest in me. Um, I was a bit reluctant to, but I did apply early decision to Wesleyan. Um, and when I got in, my parents were ecstatic. I was fairly excited at the time, um, probably not as excited as I should have been. Um, but, you know, that fall, I got to go back up on campus, take in a basketball game, and then later on go to West Fest that spring, interact with the team, take in a couple of classes, play with them a little bit. And between those two visits, you know, that's when I realized, like, I could really see myself here um, thriving academically and athletically. Um, so I actually became a lot more excited after those two experiences. And I think one thing that was just so funny to me was this entire time when I was so reluctant to make this decision, um, didn't know what to expect. Um, as a pre-frosh, you know, I'm looking at this video with my parents who are just uber excited and they're talking to freshmen about their experience at the school and they're talking to alums as well. And one kid says something along the lines of the day I graduated from Wesleyan was the saddest day of my life. And <laughs> me watching this video as an 18 year old, 17, 18 year old, I'm just like, all right, whatever, like, stop with the exaggeration. Um, and then, surely enough, the day I graduate was like, it was up there. It might have been the saddest day of my life. Um, so that's how I got started at Wesleyan. Great. Uh, Jordan, talk to us a little bit about your high school situation, because you actually, uh, you know, you, 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 you didn't play for the high school. You actually went to attend it academically. You played for another high school in your area. So that's a bit of a unique situation. Talk to us a little bit about that and, and uh, just explain that, how that all worked out. Yeah, so it's a it's definitely a complicated situation that I usually prefer not to get into. But um, so I went to the Academy for Information Technology. It was one of five schools on this campus of a vocational school um, for our county. So they would essentially take, each school would take three kids per class from each township in the county to come to that school. Um, it was still a public school, um, but the school I went to was was focused on computer programming and they were slowly shifting towards uh, business and economics as well. Um, so I was able to do that and the school is a great school and I was able to interact with 
tons of different people from different backgrounds, which I really enjoyed. Um, and then get to play basketball at my public school as well. So they didn't have sports. They allowed you to go back to your public district. And our public basketball program was extremely strong. So I was getting the best of both worlds. So did, so did that, did you think, did, do you think that that experience, having that kind of unique experience in high school, you know, better prepared you for transitioning to a place like Westing? I would say so. Um, you know, I, it, it was a very diverse place and I'd, I'd say still it was probably a step below Wesleyan in terms of what I was experiencing um, in terms of diversity, in terms of, um, in terms of the socioeconomic backgrounds of all of these different people. But I think it, it prepared me a lot and, you know, taking those different courses that were based on computer programming, databasing, all of these different things, I went to Wesleyan thinking I wanted to do those things. And, you know, my first year or two, I was, I was going along that programming route and was able to meet one of my teammates, Rashid Epps, and early on in my, my uh, recruiting process and talk to him about all of the different things he was doing. And it really enticed me. Um, it got a lot more difficult than I would have expected, but I was very grateful for that experience with computer programming and just getting the, getting the chance to have that background so that, you know, I'm not quite using it now, but I have it. I have an idea of what, what is basically being done with those different programs. So Jordan, you know, as, as we, as we shift into your, your time as a player, as a Cardinal, um, you guys had great success. You, you went to three NCAA tournaments. You experienced winning the NESCAC. But talk about what your first impression was when you walked in, not only of Coach Riley, but of, of the program from when you were a freshman and then, you know, how it evolved through, through the, you, you know, your last season as a senior. So, again, I didn't know all too much about the Division three basketball scene prior to my arrival. I uh, was able to take in a couple of games and play with the team and thought they were pretty high level uh, basketball players. They didn't quite have the greatest success. I think they were in like a four-way tie or something like that for eighth place and got bounced out of the NESCAC tournament that year. So I don't think my team expectations were particularly high for us. Um, but the second I stepped on campus, it was, it was just, it was very competitive. Um, and you could tell there was a culture there that was certainly brewing um, that Jack Mackey and BJ Davis and Joe Edmonds and that, that junior class was definitely developing um, that I think was, was anchored down by Chris Tugman, Tim Galvin, Brian Galvin, uh, that senior class. So it was, it was extremely competitive and we, we got into my freshman year and I think probably third or fourth game of the year we were playing Williams. They were number five in the country, and it was just a high-level game. And that's when I was like, okay, the NESCAC is serious. You know, we were playing a couple of out-of-conference teams and blowing them out early on, and then we got to that game, and I was like, all right, we got to really bring this. Um, and, you know, we were pretty successful going through that non-conference schedule to start my freshman year and got to NESCAC play, and it got a lot more difficult for us. Um, but again, the culture was just so strong. And I think for me and for the other freshmen, I think one of the biggest things was just 
being able to be on that third unit and compete against Jack, BJ, Joe Edmonds, Rashid, all of those guys, Joseph Quo, Harry Rafferty, get to compete against them every day and get to see the approach our seniors had. Our seniors didn't play that much, um, but they were just happy to be there. Like they were just ecstatic to be on the court every day, just kind of making the most of every single practice, every single game they had. And I think that that definitely had an impact on me that I tried to carry through with me. And I think I imparted and my class imparted when we were going out in our senior season. So, um, you know, we, we went on through the, the NESCAC regular season that year and things were going okay. We were like five and five. We were doing solid, coming close a couple games, but not quite getting there. Um, and we get to the NESCAC tournament barely, like by the skin of our teeth. I think we, we won our last two regular season games and were able to qualify. And we were just rolling from there. It was such a powerful experience just to see everything we had gone through um, for everybody to just stay positive and go on that run. It was, it was great. So that was, that was definitely one of the best experiences I've had as a Wesleyan Cardinal. And, and you know, what, what's it like playing in a system like that with a coach who, who's not going to bench you for, for putting up, you know, five or six threes and is not going to bench, you know, and you're going to know that you're going to run up and down the floor. And even if you're the eighth or ninth man, you're going to get a chance to get in there and really make an impact in a game. It's, it's great. Um, especially with the NESCAC weekends where you're going back to back, you always have to have a certain level of depth. And that was something that coach Riley definitely prided himself on. And I think one thing that was that a lot of people probably don't realize is coming into my freshman year, we were, we were a much smaller, probably less athletic team, um, but extremely skilled on the offensive end. And we progressed slowly, but surely to just an extremely long and athletic defensive oriented team, probably the best defensive team in the country. Um, so it shifted from year to year. And my first two years, it was very much that way where we were very offensive oriented, um, but showing signs on the defensive end and getting to watch those guys, Jack and BJ take those shots, take those big shots was, was a great experience for us because we were certainly put in some of those situations. Um, but I think I always just think it was just funny to watch how our teams transitioned over time, just based off of how coach Riley recruited. Jordan, I think, I think, um, you know, one of the things that, that uh, I just like to get your perspective on a little bit is, you know, as Chris mentioned at the, uh, in the onset, um, you know, senior year uh, awarded the defensive player of the year in the NESCAC. And, you know, I know talking to coach Riley, um, you know, one of the things he loved about you was, uh, you know, how much you embraced the challenge of trying to shut down the opposing team's best player. And you didn't care if it was a point guard or you didn't care if, if it was a guy that was two or three inches taller than you. Like you wanted to take on all comers and you were, you were willing to, to accept that challenge. And, you know, as a coach, whether it's, you know, whether it's basketball, football, whatever, there are, there are some things, some aspects of the game that come down to effort, effort and will. So what, what exactly just excited you? How did you, you know, why did you embrace that so much? Man. I shoot. I came into Wesleyan thinking 
you know, I was going to be scoring a ton of points and doing whatever, playing the guard spot. And, you know, coach gave me a little bit of time doing that. But I think going so that fall, it was like one random workout or we're playing pickup and I get into one of our guys and I, I guard him pretty, pretty well. And our captains, I guess they spoke to Coach Riley and Coach Riley heard about it. And that's when he was like, okay, I think I can, you know, make something of this kid defensively. And it wasn't, you know, I always thought I was good defensively, but it wasn't something I, I hung my hat on or really thought about. And Coach Riley really just made me embrace it. We had so many talented offensive players that year and then just continued to recruit what might be even more talented offensive players as we went on. And for me, just looking left and right, I was like, this is what I need to do to play. This is what I need to do to help our team become successful. So he, he just, he's, he is, he's the greatest. He's, he's so goofy and just has these quirks that just get you going. But like he would write on my scouting report, like secretary of defense or all these different <laughs> things with a nickname. Like he would, he would do whatever he needed to do to get you going for that particular game, regardless of what mood you were in. So that was something that I really loved about him. Um, and, you know, like I said, the NESCAC is just extremely high-level basketball. Like, a lot of the kids in the conference are fringe Division One players, um, as you see with Duncan Robinson, who is now a star in the NBA playing in the NESCAC. There were several other kids who, whether they transferred in from Division One schools or had the opportunity to transfer out, were playing, and I – I couldn't slouch. Coach Riley would let me know. He would call me if I was slacking. So I had to bring it every day. And I, I actually really appreciate what he did for me um, in embracing that role. So obviously, you know, you had personal success. You had team success. But then you, you, uh, you finish up your time as a player and you shift into the next part of your career which is as a grad assistant at St. John's. Um, talk about how you ended up, how you ended up in Queens and, and you know, how, how you ended up um, as a grad assistant and kind of, and kind of talk about your experience, you know, working amongst the likes of, of Chris Mullen and, and Mitch Richmond. And then of course you can't forget about Greg. Yeah. So going, so ending my junior year, I really had no idea what I wanted to do and, a lot of the finance places and consulting places were starting their, their interview processes. Um, and I worked, I had worked this summer job at Yale and tapped into the alumni base, got an alumni mentor and was able to do some, some shadowing days at a couple of different finance places. And, you know, I'm talking through these different things and seeing these presentations and the entire time I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I don't think I want to do this. So going into my senior year, I'm still sitting there really having no idea what I wanted to do. Um, thinking, you know, surrounded by all of these incredibly smart people who are going on to do all of these great things. Um, thinking I want to do something like that. And then ultimately I had to be real with myself and decided like basketball is what I, I love. And again, coach Riley, I think my senior year, just giving me the opportunity to, talk to him about scouting reports 
Um, just to be involved in the game plan was tremendous for me and realizing that I think I wanted to do it. And so I reached out to him and I asked him what opportunities were available. And quickly, just like that, he's like, oh, I'll, I'll hit up St. We can talk to Greg St. Jean and, and look into a graduate assistant spot. So called up Greg St. Jean and Greg had heard a little bit about me. I didn't know all too much about him. I'd met him a time or two. And throughout that, that spring, we were able to connect and he was able to get me a position there. So it was probably the day after I graduated, I was right on campus at St. John's um, working with the team right away. So Greg was given a lot of responsibility on the team and I'm grateful for him for giving me and our other GA just a ton of responsibility just to kind of work as his right hand, right handed men. Um, so that was phenomenal for me in terms of developing my coaching voice to a certain extent, getting, getting, being able to watch the games, being able to help work out the players and just understand that stuff. So it was, it was extremely helpful and I don't think I'd be here without his guidance. Um, that season was very eye-opening because obviously coming from a division three basketball program, no matter how high level, it just doesn't compare to division one. So I was able to experience a lot of different things um, that I otherwise don't think I would have as a division three GA or anything else. Um, and then in itself, just getting, being able to work with coach Mullen and Mitch Richmond was phenomenal. Uh, they were two great guys. And not too many people can say they, they've worked for NBA Hall of Famers or they've played three-on-three three with Hall of Famers. So that was a tremendous experience for me. So real quick, I asked Greg this question when we had him on, and my question was a simple one. Better shooter, I said to him, Chris Mullen or Mitch Richmond? And his response was, Chris Mullen is the best shooter I've ever seen, he said. He said, Chris Mullen would be any dude on his Lakers team in a shooting contest right now. Confirm or deny? I can confirm that. Now, so now here's the next question. Chris Mullen versus the entire roster of the Milwaukee Bucks. Who wins in a shooting competition? Chris Mullen is winning. Chris Mullen today is still winning. He's still winning. <laughs> he, he's, oh, he is a phenomenal shooter. And, that's not taking anything away from our guys. We have some. Great you got shooters. some good shooters. But he can he can shoot the ball. It's and he'll play three on three with us. Um, and he's he's about six five, six six, extremely strong and very good shape. Had a hip replacement, so wasn't moving that well. It didn't matter. He was shooting over us like we weren't there. So <laughs> not too many people again can say they played three on three with an with an NBA Hall of Famer. So. That's 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 pretty cool right there. Chris Mullen is just getting all sorts of love on Chris's Chris and Coach this season. Let me tell you, if you're just joining us, we're joined tonight by a class of 2018, former NESCAC Defensive Player of the Year, former captain for the Cardinals basketball team. Jordan Sears is with us. Coach, I mean, we've had a heck of a run here with some great guests, but uh, yet another one, yet another one tonight. And Jordan, Coach, I know you were there. When Jordan was there, and you got to see firsthand what leadership is all about, the way he ran this basketball program as a captain. No question about it. And uh, I got two two other questions about your your playing days at West, uh, Jordan. Before we get before we get to the stuff with the Bucks, uh, number one is so 
it must have been, how cool was it for your parents to be able to come up to Connecticut and then watch you play on like a Friday night and then go to Yale and watch your brother play, you know, who's two-time Ivy League player of the year at Yale. I mean, for parents, that's got to be like the closest thing to heaven that there is to, to be able to see both your kids play, play the game they love, you know, really competitive basketball. I mean, what's better than that? Not much. Um, that was one of the, the things that we liked about our respective schools was that we weren't too close, but weren't too far from our parents. And they made the trip literally every time. Um, it, it, it didn't happen extremely often where we both, they were able to catch both of us on the same night. But there were probably two to four times where on a Saturday they'd catch that early NESCAC one o'clock game and then head down to New Haven and watch Justin play at seven. And I'd always be like, hey, you guys want to take me down to New Haven? No, it's not on the way home. Sorry, I can't take you. So <laughs> it, it, it always hurt my feelings because I used to love watching my brother play. and That was one of the things I loved about being close to him. Um, but it, it was it was great. It, it was always just great to see them. Even if you're watching film, you're, you're always looking to see if you see them in the stands. They got a Jordan fat head or whatever. I, I loved it. And they, they loved it more, to be honest. And then the other question I have for you is, and I can't remember exactly what year it was, so you're going to have to tell me what year it was, but the game up at Amherst, when you got the rebound at the end of the game, and you and you threw it out to Krill at about half court, and he took two steps over the half court and launched the 35-footer to hit the three-pointer to win the game. Did you think that he was going to make that shot? I don't know what I was thinking. That, it was, <laughs> when, it when was that game? When was that game? What year? That was my senior year. That was your senior uh, year. That's okay. Semifinals. Yep. I, the, it was it was ridiculous. The ball came off the rim, and there was just a scrum for it, and it squirted out. Like I kind of shoveled it, I think, to Jr. or somebody, and it got to Nathan. And I'm on the ground getting up, and I look up, and I see Nathan in the air for this shot, and it went in. I I was in complete awe. I could not believe that shot drop. It was, <laughs> in my opinion, the greatest play in NESCAC history, or NESCAC, or sorry, Wesleyan men's basketball history. And I watch it to this day, not believing that that happened. It was, yeah. it was, was awesome. I was sitting right there. I was on the side of the court where he made the shot. I, I, my jaw just, I couldn't believe it. I just was, I was in total awe. It was unbelievable. And obviously, you know, semifinals who you know you advance to the championship game but you know on their home court you know they're the top seed you know I mean just silencing the whole gym I mean what's better than that yeah I mean my first and again I was recruited by Amherst um so they were the premier program in the NESCAC for my four years and my first year we just we couldn't sniff them. We we just couldn't get them until we got them in the NESCAC final that year. And then even my second year, we still had some trouble getting past them. And then my last two years, we we were just we were just beating them. And going into that NESCAC semifinal game, we had beat them twice pretty handily. And you know, everybody always says it's extremely difficult to beat a team three times. 
and we were we were thinking that for sure but we always we always thought we had them and we we thought we were going to beat them pretty comfortably and they came out and they punched us in the mouth and that game was extremely difficult and i'm like we can't go out like this this is this is just tough um they were giving us all they had and for Nathan to hit that shot, it was like some magic dust was just sprinkled in the air for that to drop. So, and then, and then, oh, sorry, well, Coach. Just, you know, just one last thing there. Just, uh, just talk about you know that 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 senior year being able to host the NCAA at Wesleyan and what Silloway Gym was like. You know, uh, you know for that for that that weekend of the NCAA tournament. That was utterly electric. Um, we we lost that NESCAC final game, which was very disappointing. Um, but we, we expected to be hosting, which I don't think has ever happened in the team's history. Did not know what to expect going to those games. And the student turnout was unbelievable. The atmosphere was unbelievable, and it is possibly my best experience on the basketball court at Wesleyan. Even in the game we lost for Swarthmore, just the student turnout was was great. Um, so I, I thoroughly enjoyed that, and bringing the program to new heights was was a good feeling. So obviously, you know, we we've talked about it a, a good bit. You know, you you have this great career at Wesleyan, and you guys do things that the program had never done before. Three NCAA tournament appearances in four years. You get to win an SCAC championship. You get to beat Amherst a bunch of times, and that is a not just you talked about them being you know, the premier program in the NESCAC, they're, they're one of, if not the premier programs in the nation under Coach Hickson. I mean, just a fantastic program. But then you, you get the opportunity at St. John's. So how do you end up in your current gig? How did you get your opportunity with the Milwaukee Bucks? So our staff at St. John's, we had just came off a bid in the NCAA tournament, and the staff got let go. So I was hoping I would maintain my job as a GA there. Um, but, you know, put my name into a couple other things. And I think we have a pretty decent basketball alumni group. It's, it's deceptive, but it's, it's pretty strong. Um, and I was reached out to by Coach Riley and by Greg for, on two different accords for an interview for that job and was able to interview for it and and somehow get it but all the credit to them for you know realizing the situation that i was in and, and just helping me out throwing me a bone so i mean what a time to join a franchise though i mean you know since you got to milwaukee i mean the bucks haven't had success over the last probably you know since maybe glenn robinson right in that era and then you get there right as you know Giannis is becoming the premier player in the nba and you know, all these great things are happening in Milwaukee. Um, obviously, still trying to finish the finish the job, I'm sure, and I'm sure that's how everyone feels. But you know, just having some great success. You know, talk about kind of uh, you know your experience walking, you know, being surrounded by the best players in the world, and and perhaps the best player in the world on a day to day basis. It was very eye opening, and to this day, it still is. The team had just come off of losing in game six of the Eastern Conference Finals to the Raptors who went on to win the championship that year. And from day one, the approach was just, we have to get back to here and surpass that and get to the finals. So there was always just this meticulous approach on a daily basis. 
Um, and for me, I was given the opportunity to go out there and be on the court with Giannis and play one-on-one with him on a, on a daily basis, <laughs> which was just, he was slightly better than the best NESCAT guys, like slightly better. <laughs> and it was just, it, it's so much fun just to be able to do that. And, and probably five to seven years ago, if you told me I'd be on the court with Giannis Antetokounmpo and Chris Middleton and all these guys, I'd look at you wide eyed and say, you mean I made it to the NBA? <laughs> like <laughs> I'm an NBA player. And honestly, sometimes that's how I feel. Cause you know, in our jobs as, as video coordinators, we do a lot of the, the strategy and game planning for these games and the film and assisting the coaching staff. But we're on the court every day with the players playing with them, um, being the scout team and, helping them so that they can go over their game plan for each team, all of these different things. So it's, it's just a blast to be a part of, to be honest. You know, coaches, I just want to know how, how ridiculous of an athlete is Giannis? Like, 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 does he just do things on a daily basis that you just look at him and say, like, how does, how does he do that? Like, and, 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 and the scary part is, is it's like, He's he continues to get better. Like he's not. I don't. I don't think he's got close to his ceiling yet. I mean, I agree. I, we have players in our organization who watch his workouts or watch him play pickup and watch his games and still can't believe the things he does. So <laughs> you're telling me it's 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 ridiculous. And just to have a front row seat to his development and. And seeing him get so much better on a daily basis. He's such a young guy. And one thing I try to tell a lot of younger people that I'll work with every once in a while is this guy's a two-time MVP. But his approach to the game is so detailed. And he's such a student of the game. It's so humbling to see somebody like that who's trying to learn on a daily basis, who a coach can come in and, and be comfortable telling him, hey, you need to play harder you need to do this. We can work on that. Um, so it's, it's a blessing to just be able to, to work with a guy like that. You know, and, and the NBA is such a league of stars, but what I kind of admire about the Bucks is, and I admire this about the Raptors as well. It's a team of selfless stars. I mean, it's not a, you know, the, the Bucks aren't a team where the superstars, you know, take take one in every four games off for rest you know, they're not a team where the superstars play 30 minutes a night. They're not a team where you hear any negative press coming out of the superstars' mouths. Talk about kind of the culture within that locker room and, and within the coaching staff. The culture is, is organizational-wide. Um, they, they're just looking for humble and hungry people in general. So I think on a daily basis to just be able to go into that facility and work with so many driven people who have a purpose, who are all on the same page is like that cohesion is, is powerful. Um, and I think you can see it every day on the court. Like our guys are just learning and they're so receptive to everything that the coaching staff is telling them. And it makes our jobs so much easier. And so what's your responsibility for the team on a, on a day-to-day basis? Say, uh, a game day or, or, or an off day? What's your day like? What's your regular, you know? So on an off day or so 
in the NBA, there's there's pretty much there's there's a practice day and a game day, and there are off days, which aren't truly. Ever I, I meant a practice day and a game but, day is what I meant. Yeah. yeah. But um, to break it down, like I'll get in right now with all of the COVID protocol, we can get in at seven thirty in the morning. So we'll get in working on our different projects that we need to do to break it down even further. So the video coordinator job is like this very all encompassing job um, where there's so many different things you have to do. It's a support role for the coaching staff and for the players, but the main functionings of the job revolve around player development, being on the court with the guys and your video and scouting. So from a video and scouting standpoint, you're basically trying to do that work whenever you're not on the court. So on any given day, I'll be working on a scout. So a couple of my scout teams would be Toronto, Boston, Miami. Um, and I'll basically just be working with the assistant coach I've been assigned to on those scouts whenever we're coming up and playing those teams. And we'll basically take the games. So we're playing Toronto in two days. I'll basically take their five prior games log them, put them into this concise video package where our coach can see it, um, where there's no dead time. And all of the, all they're seeing is basically just the basketball, the offense, the defense. It's organized in a manner where they know the play calls, who's taking the shots, all of these different things. So that is the main functioning of a video guy is taking those games and giving them to the coach. Um, what's good about that is that it gives you the opportunity as a video guy to watch the games. Um, and then from there, we'll help them work through their edits and be able to see their, their thought process of how they're formulating the scouting report um, and at times be able to give our own input. So that's essentially the video and scouting thing. Um, from a player development standpoint, as I said, we're on the court with their individual workouts, their practices and things like that. So. On a practice day, it'll be working on your your stuff until it's time to practice. To practice, to do post-practice shoot-arounds. If the players want to play one-on-one or if they want to do anything else, you'll help them with that. And then you're back to your own work. Um, on a game day, it's it's a similar process. We'll have shoot-around as well um, in place of practice. And then pretty much just working on your own stuff and getting to pregame warmups and then the game comes around. So, so, so Jordan, it's, it's pretty remarkable, you know, coach and I haven't, haven't been doing this for very long, but in the short time we've been doing this, we've interviewed quite a few different Wesleyan basketball guys in, in between yourself and Greg and, and Shasha just offhand, you got three guys that graduated from Wesleyan within the last 10 years or so that all have aspirations at the highest level and are applying their trade either at the high division one level or in the NBA. How do you explain, you know, a relatively small division three school having this much of an impact in the world of basketball? I think, I think it's just a testament to what Wesleyan and what, what small liberal arts schools like this do is that you're able to just like find your passion and and just kind of just see it out um you know i think there's there's a ton of different people who who share those interests on campus there's the alumni base for it as well and 
you can really just you can really find just small pockets of people who are interested in any and everything. Um, and for me, again, I'm grateful for the alumni base and Coach Riley just being able to help me do these things. But I think it's it's really all just the the, the school itself, just being able to do what you want. And and Jordan, you know, I think I think um, it's really, you know, I mean, you know, Shasha um, and, and Greg, you know, Greg, you know, Greg talked about Shasha and you and and. Um, you know, obviously, Shasha and Greg were were very close. Um, but what I, you know, I, I just find interesting and and um, is you know, like you mentioned earlier, you really didn't know Greg uh, from his time at Wesleyan, and you know, here he is, you know, on on the recommendation of Coach Riley, and then meeting you and and you know, helping you connect with Chris Mullen and get that get that GA job at at St. John's, and then you know, helping you, you know, connect at the professional level as he's with the Lakers and, you know, he's helping you connect there and, and get your foot in the door. And obviously, you know, you know, getting someone's foot in the door is one thing. You got to go in there. You got to get the job. You got to go in there and earn it. You got to go in there and prove that you're worthy. But again, I think, I think, you know, what does it say about, you know, both the quality of the individuals that, 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 you know, that you've met and then, you know, how does it, how does how does it speak to Coach Riley in terms of the kind of program that he runs, the kind of people that he attracts to the program? I think with Greg not having met me, just speaks to how well he knows Coach Riley and the, the type of person that Coach Riley recruits. Um, because for Coach Riley to give him one phone call and say one or two things about me and that be enough, says enough in itself. Um, and then I think just Coach Riley giving the players such a strong experience at the school has given people like Greg or other alums just a great feeling, even alums who didn't play for him, um, a great feeling about they feel extremely prideful about the program and are, are willing to step in and help with anything. So I think the school sells itself in a lot of different respects, that's like one of the strongest things you can have about just athletics at Wesleyan in general. So one of the things, one of the things we'd like to ask, man, we're, we're going to, we're going to finish with a, what we call a little 60 second gauntlet. We'll take you through a, 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 a series of questions, but before we get into that, you already touched on, you know, the strength of, and the value of the liberal arts college. But the one thing that I think Chris and I'd like to ask, uh, like to ask our guests is, if, if you were going to uh, provide advice for our current student athletes, what, what's one piece of advice or even a couple pieces of advice that you would, you would provide for them right now in terms of as they, as they, as they you know, navigate their journey through Wesleyan? It's a good question. Um, first, I would say enjoy you, Dan, to, to the best of your ability. <laughs> um, that meal plan is extremely underrated <laughs> but um i like it you go right to food that, that resonates well with me that's, that's 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 a that's a good starting point for me um yeah but in all seriousness i i'd say you know that, that the four years that you had at wesleyan going from 18 or 19 to 22 whatever is a time where you're going to find yourself and accordingly i think 
it's not the most imperative thing, but I think it's important for people to find their passion or try their best to do so at the school. Um, I think there's just a great level of diversity at the school. And with that, a diversity of thought, a diversity of interest amongst the students and amongst the alumni base and a diversity of curriculum. Um, so I think just trying to immerse yourself in the experience, interact with as many different people as you can and, and really just take your time and, and figure out what you want to do because you will find other people who are interested as well and who can elevate you to places you would like to be. So Jordan, you know, coach just brought this up and, and we certainly appreciate you giving us, uh, you know, some time in your busy schedule and we're going to let you go in just a second. But before we do that, we do it at the end of every show. It's the 60 second gauntlet coach and I are going to alternate 10 questions. They're all based on your experience at Wesleyan. Just kind of answer the first thing that pops into your head. Okay. There's no pressure other than trying to do better than your boys that have already been on this show. Okay. <laughs> it's the only pressure. So, uh, so uh, I'll start it off, Coach, and uh, you can finish it up. Sound good? Sounds good. All right, Jordan Sears, class of 2018, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, who is your favorite professor at Wes? I've got to go with my environmental economics professor, Gary O. Nice. Who was the most influential person in your life? It's it's between two people. It's it's. Uh, I'll I'll go and say my dad. My mom's gonna like call me. And <laughs> okay. <laughs> so our next question, I think you've already answered. So I'm gonna call an audible. Okay. Better feeling beating your brother one on one for the first time or beating Amherst for the first time. Mm. I'm gonna say I'm gonna go with with uh, beating Amherst. I'm gonna go nice. with beating Amherst. Okay. All right. This is a tough one. If you were forced to cheer for one, who would it be, Amherst or Williams? Uh, I'd I'd say Williams. Actually, I'm I'm a fan of Kevin App in the basketball program there, so I'm gonna go with Williams. All right. When you were five years old, what did you want to be when you grew up? At that time, probably a professional tennis player. That was my first sport. Nice. Probably say. Nice. <laughs> um, what's the best piece of advice you received in your life? Best piece of advice? Uh, I don't know about the best per se, but up there towards the top is a, is a good old Joe Riley quote of don't wish it was easier, wish you were tougher. Ooh. Oh, that's strong go. right there. I that like is strong. It. I like it. I like that. In three words, describe your Wes experience. Um, I'd say fun, eclectic, and uh, I'd say thought-provoking. I think that's one word. That's good. We'll give it to you. We'll give it to you. <laughs> Um, what do you miss, what do you miss most about Wesleyan? 
that's a tough one. What do I miss most about Wesley? Other than the food at Usenet. <laughs> um, I would say, I mean, honestly, without the food, like just being able to go to Usenet and see so many people and not knowing who you're sitting with and being able to go in there and know you know somebody and have to interact with a bunch of different people is 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 great. I think that's one of the best things about Wesleyan is just forcing students to have to interact with, with everybody. What's the best Wesleyan highlight from the last 20 years? The last 20 years, man. You could, it, could be, it could be in your time at Wesleyan. It could be anything. I would... My favorite Wesleyan highlights, well, I got to pick two because it's a tie. I'd probably say, hmm, man, I'm going to get a lot of flack for this one. One of them would be the Tufts Wesleyan night game my senior year. That was just that was just a great time. Um, football I, game. The football game, yeah. right? Yes. Nice. Okay. That was, that was, was that overtime? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. 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 That was a good one. That was a good one. And then I, man, it's always a toss up. I'd probably just go and say winning the NESCAC championship my freshman year. Great. Okay. Two good answers. Um, who is the West alum you would most like to have dinner with? Um, I'd say Michelle Roberts. Probably she's the executive director of the MBPA. Players yeah. Association. Yeah. Good answer. Very good answer. There you go, man. You survived the gauntlet. Great job. Great job. Yep. Yeah, no question. I think you uh you went toe to toe with both St. Jean and, and Shasha. So uh that's that's good work. That's I'll good take, work. I'll take it. That's all I can ask for. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Look, uh, Jordan, we appreciate you coming out with us and, and, and spending a little time in what I know is a busy the most busy time of your year. So for giving us a little bit of time and letting all the Cardinal faithful catch up with you. It hasn't been that long since you've been in Middletown, but it's great to see another Cardinal doing fantastic things. We know the sky's the limit for you, so we appreciate you being on our podcast. Not a problem. Thank you for having me, guys. And uh, no question, Jordan. And I know, uh, you know, I know Coach Riley, uh, you know, loves to stay in touch with you. And, and uh, you know, you just uh, continue to make us all proud here in Middletown. So keep working hard, which we know you will because you always do. And uh, just know that we're rooting for you, and uh, we wish you all the best. And thanks again for taking time tonight. All right. Thank you. All right. Have a good night. That's going to do it for us for another episode of Chris and Coach Beyond the Box Score. For our guests tonight, Jordan Sears, class of 2018. For the coach, Mike Whalen, the producer, Mike O'Brien, I'm Chris Grace. Until next time, so long, everybody.